Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. Today is Wednesday, August the 23rd, 2023. And I'm joined, as I always am, 60% of the time by Mr. J Head. How about you, big dog? How about you, brother? I'm glad I'm not at that 55. We've creeped well, back up to 60 in my comfort zone, but we are missing Cole, so his percentage is going down come the college show, baby. We are. We will be joined by Mr. Cole Pinkston. He has been on the road dogging it today with uh, player interviews, helping out with some team practice stuff, and killing it with that, as well as contributing with with recruiting. Mr. Pinkston will be with us soon. We're going to talk about uh, Auburn's latest commitment. We're going to talk about potential commitments upcoming. Uh, we're going to talk about some possible new targets or some other guys to keep an eye on. We will get to that all in just a moment. Before we do, want to say if you're looking for a house in or around Auburn, Opelika, Lee County, and you're looking for somebody to find you that house or sell your house, look no further. Miss Jessica Andrus with the Talents Group. She is a five-star realtor. Give her a call at 334-704-4442. She can do it all, folks. Fantastic uh, selling agent. And also knows how to network and find the house that you are looking for. Give her a call, 334-704-4442. Miss Jessica Andrews with the Talents Group. Tell her we sent you. All right, folks. Since last week, Auburn has missed out on Cam Franklin. We know that. It's been well documented. He chose Ole Miss over Auburn uh, and a couple others on Saturday. Uh, but it wasn't, what, 48 hours later, Auburn added its second commitment in the 2025 class. Huge get, in my opinion. I, I, I had to get, in my opinion, Mr. J.J. Falk. 
Jacob Falk, the four-star outside linebacker from Highland Home, the younger brother of Keldrick Falk, uh, ended up choosing Auburn over Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Clemson. I mean, this dude was wanted. Um, and it, after watching him his first week, just some of the highlights, I think it was a Jamboree game last week. Yes. Uh, man, God, he's just different. He was on a different level than those other kids, man. Uh, so I thought that was a big get. Jay Head, what uh, what do you think Auburn about, uh, is getting in Mr. Falk? Well, first of all, you're getting a kid that hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be. I mean, when you're looking at traits, he's just got a plethora of them that you want that are transcendent to the next level. Now, right now he plays a lot of stand-up linebacker. I think he's going to transition down to that jack position. He's already 6'3", 220 pounds. Jeffrey, you and I both know, and I think we were both late bloomers, when a kid like that gets into a college strength and conditioning program, there's no way he's going to play south of 250. I just yeah. – I, I don't believe that. So you're talking about a kid that's explosive, a kid that uh, has elite change of direction, um, and a kid that's just scratching the surface, like I said, of what he can be. And, he look, you see what Keldrick is now and, and yeah. what we think he can be. The apple probably doesn't fall far from the tree as far as it's concerned with his brother. And on top of that, a character kid. Yeah. You're talking about kids that you want in your program, kids that do things the right way, that have good parents that have taught them the right things to do. So Hugh Freeze isn't worried about it bed check, like what these guys are doing. You know what I mean? Do right. I have to pull them out of the sky bar or are they watching film like they're supposed to? So – Really good pickup for us. Yes, it's early in 2025. Who knows what direction recruitments can go when you commit that early. But I think you got to feel pretty good about the fact that his brother's already on campus and, the you know, the kind of character kid that he is. Excuse me. A couple of other 2025s while we're on the subject. Cole had a couple of good stories on Deuce Knight. Uh, Zach in the back's big dog quarterback yes. for that class. Uh, and, and I – Followed it up with a couple of stories on Alvin Henderson, the big dog running back in the 2025 class. Those guys, I thought Alvin had some interesting things to say about their friendship, that they wanted to really go to school together, that he thought Tennessee and Auburn were the top two for Deuce. And I don't know which order, um, although I have heard Auburn is uh, is sticking out to him right now. Both of them plan to be at the UMass game. So 2025s, man, they're starting to open those presents and getting a couple of commitments. So put that on your things to track. You know, some of these kids in the mid middle of the junior seasons will be making decisions. We'll be keeping an eye on that over at Auburn Live on three, which reminds me we still have the fall ball special going one dollar for the first month. Y'all go give us a try. Auburn Live on three. Uh Jay Head, we have another Saturday announcement coming up. Mr. I think he's a five-star on Rivals, a four-star everywhere else. Mr. Four-star Zaquan Patterson, defensive back from uh, Miami or the Miami area, South Florida. Where is he from? From South Florida. So Shamada Madonna. There you go. That he attends. I was writing about who was I writing about? Oh, I was writing about Dimitri Nicholas, who we're going to talk to as well, uh, who's from down that way. But let's stick with Saquon Patterson. He's announcing Saturday his finalists are Auburn, Michigan, Miami, Florida State. Uh, if there's another one in there, they're not much of a player. It's really down to those four. And you know. Uh, a lot of people are thinking Florida State. Hell, a lot of the national guys are are, are hearing a lot of Florida State buzz. Jay Head, I thought it's uh, not coincidence, but I think both of us confirming independently um, of each other that I, I, I wrote Florida State as a distant fourth here. I've got Auburn, Michigan, with Miami still in there, 
Florida State a distant fourth. I wrote that on Monday. Today is Wednesday, 48 hours later. I have not heard anything that leads me to believe that that has changed. Talking to you, you may feel like the same. You, you feel like the same. But today mistaken. I do. And now I heard a little bit of Florida State buzz on Sunday. Me and you talked about that. Right. And then I got uh, in touch with a handful of people that kind of said, look, and I look in full disclosure, these are people on the Auburn side of things. This is not, um, but they're people that I trust that would know and said, look, this is Auburn versus Michigan right now. This is what we believe it to be. And I trust these people because these are people that, you know, were in my ear very early that, hey, you got a legitimate shot at landing Zaquan Patterson. And yet here we are four days away from a commitment and we're in his top group. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, Jeffrey. When you have high-level recruitments like this, sometimes information comes in from a plethora of different areas, and all you can do is trust the sources that you have. And right, right now what we're hearing is that it's Auburn versus Michigan. I don't have a feel for which direction he's leaning, whether it be Auburn or Michigan. I, I think it's truly 50-50 um, on that with an outside shot of Miami because, look, that's the home state. And we just saw this last week, right? Yeah. That the home state school decided we're not going to allow this kid to leave. And I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibility that Miami is going to say, we're not going to let this kid get outside of the state. So I really, truly believe it's not going to shock me if he picks any one of those three. I would be a little shocked today with what I've heard if it's Florida State or Ohio State, which is the fifth team. There you go. Five. I completely agree. Um, and – the same the same people that were telling me Florida State and Auburn for KJ Bolden Bolden are telling me it's Michigan Auburn for Zaquan Patterson. So I have no reason to doubt uh, the validity of their information, even though everybody outside of this recruitment kind of looking in. I mean, you've got Zaquan and you've got Auburn, and you've got these schools. Well, everybody on the outsider has been saying, man, Florida. I think you know some of the national guys on twenty four seven national guys on on three. Um, I, I think rivals as well. You know, all the buzz is around Florida State. I did an interview with Josh Newberg from On3 Monday morning, and I told him, like, I don't think Florida State's a factor in it. And I, I, I kind of felt him laughing at me inside, like, why, why don't we get this guy on here? Right. Uh, you know I mean? Josh, I, at least that's the way I felt. Yeah, Josh. Of course, that. I felt the same way. I, I felt the same way, you know, three weeks before that when I was saying Georgia's not a factor. Right. Uh, or at the time was was a factor for or Auburn and Florida State were factors. So, anyways, so a, a lot of this is these are this is this is the kind of uh, recruitment. I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, I look back on KJ Bolden. That was fun. It was back and forth. But as long as you've got good intel, it, it makes it a lot less stressful. Cam Franklin, that recruitment, and to an extent, I'll I'll, I'll stick with Cam Franklin. That was. Not as fun, and it's not because Auburn didn't get him, because KJ Bolden they didn't get him either. But Cam Franklin was – there was a lot more things going on outside of that recruitment, which makes it even more difficult for guys like you and me to make predictions on this thing. Yes. Um, so when you got more of a, a – I don't want to say simpler recruitment, but this appears to be a traditional recruitment with NIL offers and – you know, relationships and stuff and leaving home or keeping him home. Uh, th so this is going to be fun. More more of a straight-up black and white if NIL recruitments can be black and white. So, Zaquan Patterson, Jayhead, do you know what uh, time? I don't off the top of my head. Let me I don't see even know if he's a release. And we'll kind of talk about it a little bit later, maybe after the listener question. Okay. 
Okay. We'll come back to it. Uh, let's see. With Cam Franklin off the board, J-Head, we talked a little bit about this before the show. You know, who are some guys now um, that Auburn will pursue at the defensive tackle position? Somebody asked me on the corner today. Uh, three guys that I have on my hot board. Demetri Nicholas has been on there since before Big Cat. Yes. Um, LJ McRae has been on there forever. I just don't see a lot of Auburn gain attraction with him, at least not yet. He's going to pro- he's going to official visit, officially visit in the fall. So we'll see what happens after that. But a guy I added um, this week, earlier this week, and a guy Cole has been kind of saying, "Hey man, don't forget about Jeremiah Beeman, right?" Yes. Well, Sunday night, somebody basically said, "Don't forget about Jeremiah Beeman," because Auburn is going to make a push for this four-star in-state Alabama commitment, and and you like this kid. I love this kid. I think he is a Three tech at the next level. He plays a lot of uh, the defensive end, five tech, six tech position right now, but I think he's going to truly move inside uh, predominantly at the next level as his body continues to fill out. But, Jeffrey, he is the top in-state defensive lineman. Um, His floor right now is higher than anybody else that we're recruiting. And so when I say floor is higher, that means he's an instant impact type guy. He's a guy that can come in from day one and give you what Deron Reed is giving you right now, which is pushing your number twos in the rotation. Um, and there's nothing to say that Deron Reed won't be in the 2D by the time the right. season's over this year. So anytime you can add a plus-plus talent on the interior of the defensive line, you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to land that prospect. I think it sweetens the pot even more, the fact that he's committed to the University of Alabama. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And what that sends from a perception standpoint across the state and to everybody else to let you know that if you can take this kid from Alabama, you are serious in the world of recruiting. So I think Hugh is smartly going to sell out on this one. And I, and I don't believe he's going to be somebody that you're going to forget about. There he is. Now, he looks like he got captured with Osama Bin Laden and he's been tucked away in a dark corner somewhere. But other than that, here. Is my lighting terrible? No, you're good, man. That is acceptable. <laughs> I, I will allow. Cole, we were talking about Jeremiah Meeman. Um, you know, with Cam Franklin now off the board, uh, three guys that I've still, uh, that are on the hot board, LJ McCray, which he says he's going to officially visit in the fall, all five of his uh, favorites, although mm-hmm. I, I find it hard to believe he leaves the state or, or Georgia. But he's going to officially visit. You've got Jeremiah Beeman committed to Alabama, Auburn, Certainly not finished with him. And then we didn't get to this one, but Dimitri Nicholas. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, how do you feel about the defensive lineup? And is there anybody else, Cole, uh, leaving off? How do you feel about defensive tackle recruiting with Cam Franklin now off the board? Yeah, I think that's probably a position we might see a couple new names. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't see that one being like, you know, closing the door on all the other names. I think there's some other names out there. I don't know who they are yet. I mean – Look, when you have what you had the other night with T.J. Lindsey, who was the best player on the field. He was the best player on the field besides maybe maybe uh, Josh Petty on, on the offensive line for IMG. He was the best player on the field in a nationally ranked high school matchup, okay? Yes. There's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff that happens. You just don't know who's going to emerge. You know, I mean, that's why we keep saying, guys, it's, we still have an entire season to go. It actually starts tomorrow, the season. Like the real season, everybody in the country starts tomorrow for the most part. So I think there's more to come with the defensive line uh, with names. Um, obviously, your big ones there were – your big one was Camarion Franklin, Jeremiah Beeman, 
and they're not off the board. It's going to be harder to flip them, of course, but I, number one, I'd feel pretty good about T.J. Lindsey and, and what he is and what you've got in him. Number two, Demetri Nicholas, you talked to him, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. I know they like him. I just don't know if they're ready to go there with him yet. Yeah, they, they like him, but do they love him? Right. Well, is, is it like I said, there's going to be other ones emerge. So is he? Is it smart to take him right now when you already have Malik blocked and, you know, if you're working on your numbers, is it smart to take him right now or do you want to see what happens? If you view him as a developmental guy, do you take two developmental guys? Do you take – and here's a question for me, and I don't know the answer to this, and people were asking this. How many more defensive linemen, interior guys, are, is Auburn going to take? Are they going to take one? Because if so – you would expect them to shoot for the moon, the Jeremiah Bemis, the Kim Franklins in December, and if that falls through, then you're falling back with Dimitri Nicholas. Are you taking two, and if so, would you take a second? Do you take a Dimitri Nicholas now and then shoot for the stars and the moon later on? So that's kind of where I am. I, I don't know which way they're going to turn. I haven't, you know, I've asked around. I haven't gotten anything solid that says Auburn's going to take this kid when he's right. ready. I, I just can't get that from anybody. But, you know, he says, I talk to Jeremy Garrett every day. I talk to Hugh Freeze every day. So there's obvious interest there. I just don't know. And and if he's committing in two to three weeks, I'm going to wait. This is is very telling. Uh, This has happened before. When a recruit like that, who we consider is on the bubble, and he says, I'm going to commit in two or three weeks, does he actually commit in two or three weeks, or does he postpone? That was what I was going to say. Because either he's a take by Auburn right now, and look, I think he's a guy that has a different skill set from anybody else that we've got committed in this class or anybody else that we're even targeting. This okay. is more of a guy that's a one-tech, shade-nose type that can play truly on the interior. The guys that you have in this class are T.J. Lindsey and Malik Blockton, guys that can play at the five, guys that can play at the three. There's some versatility to him, whereas Dimitri's a more power player that is purely interior. And Cole's talked about that. I'm not breaking news here by saying that at all. I can see a way that Dimitri Nicholas makes in this class that they're ready to take him because of the differing skill set. If they feel like they need another nose guard slash one tech on this roster because they're, they, okay. Aniche Sledge or Steven Johnson aren't necessarily what they thought they were getting um, or they want another guy in that situation, I can see them taking him. So I can see one to two more guys on the defensive line. I, I, there's no doubt. They want somebody coupled with T.J. Lindsey that is a high-end type talent that can come in and affect the pocket right away. But do they like Dimitri Nicholas enough, Cole? And and you've got a better eye on this than I do as far as how he plays with leverage, his power, his hands, everything else. Do they like him enough right now to go ahead and say, you know what, three-star be damned. We think this guy's got potential. We think this guy in our system translates to four-star type caliber. Well, I, I thought that was going to be the case. I thought they were going to like him enough to go ahead and take him at Big Cat Weekend. That was what I heard. And, and then I realized, well, they're bringing in Cam Franklin the next day or yeah. that weekend. So they probably want to see what happens with him first before they just make a you know jump on, on Demetri Nicholas. And what happened? They got really good vibes from Camarion Franklin. That's just the way this recruiting game goes sometimes. And, of course, it didn't end up in their favor. But – um, you know, they have to be strategic here, I think. Especially, it's it's a different world when you're talking about the numbers, too, because, yeah. I mean, you know, what if they end up get, what if they end up flipping Nykar and Cam Coleman on the other side? That's two numbers that you weren't going to have. We're already talking about they're over halfway done with this 24 class, right? Yeah. 
So it's yeah. a numbers game. You have to see how it works out. Let me let me present you with this too. Um, two things. Number one, I think the junior college ranks. Oh yeah. I think that they are the most um, missed thing in the world. I, I think undervalued. Undervalued. That's what I was trying to say. I think it is so undervalued. Those JUCO guys. Look at Tutal Miller right now. Push yeah. The starting job. All right, we've heard good things about Bobby Travis. These are JUCO guys. I think that JUCO market, you don't know anything about the JUCO market until the season goes into effect. You don't really know until they get out there and play. No no, no other, real quick, no other kids' recruits have suffered more from the transfer portal than JUCO. Yes, spot on. And, look, I had a conversation with somebody, and take this for what it's worth, people are going to probably, like, spam my comments after this. But from the Harson staff, they said, look, we honestly feel like that the JUCO market is completely undervalued right now because of the emphasis that's put on the portal. And there are some really good players. And they were right. Look, Daryl Blackstock's tearing it up for Michigan State right now. That was the guy that was a target by them. Um, Tom Miller, multiple other guys. Um, I'm trying to think of the kid that committed to South Carolina last year that was a big defensive tackle. Well, you had um, you had Isaiah Jada who went to yes, Colorado. Right. Isaiah Jada. And, um, and this class, Laquan Robinson, who I know is a guy they're going to take a very long look at. And, look, if you don't land Laquan Patterson, it's not beyond the realm of possibility for Laquan Robinson, who could be an instant impact guy for you at boundary safety, to come in and fill that spot in this class. No doubt. And for some reason, the JUCO, it seems like a lot of D linemen and offensive linemen uh, emerge out of the JUCO ranks every year. Why that is, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, probably because we talk about how it's so hard to determine who is going to be a good offensive lineman. Well, when they get to JUCO, it's a lot easier because they're going against pretty good competition. So then you can look at it and go, all right, well, he could probably hold his own here in the SEC. So there's going to be some more of that. I really expect – because, again, there's a lot of names floating around out there that nobody has heard of yet. They were nobodies in high school. And they go to JUCO and they adjust and they're big enough and they're really good. So I think something's going to come from that. I think four might be the number on defensive line at the end of the day. I don't think they go over four. They could go under, but I think that would be the max. So two more. Yeah. At least, yeah. I think I think so too. That's what I've got it on the. That's my best guess. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, speaking of big dog uglies, switching over to the offensive line, another uh, commitment upcoming. Uh, I think it's Sunday week. Yeah, September the third. September the third, DeAndre Carter, the four-star offensive lineman from California, made her day, which means mother of God. Hey, by the way. I was uh, when I was writing TJ Lindsay's story this morning. I was looking at the national high school ranks to see where Lipscomb was because I thought they were ranked and they are number twenty-five, and IMG's number four. Guess who number one in the country is? Modern day. Yes, sir. Um, number one in modern. I said Mater, didn't I? Old <laughs> <laughs> toe Mater. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Carter. Anybody heard anything uh, that would make them change their minds right now? Still Auburn. Still Auburn, and I believe our Texas side even put in a prediction for Auburn, which makes you feel even better about that situation. Not that anybody on this panel was necessarily overly worried about that, but I think it gives you even that much more confidence to say, okay, Auburn's finally going to get to commit number 17, whether it happens with Zorquan Patterson or not. Yeah. 
DeAndre Carter, which might be the biggest, the bigger need right now, being that you don't have anybody in this class yeah. on the OL committed. You you yeah. kind of get, you know, that's a heck of a slump buster. But you get it, you know what I mean? You got a nice slump buster there, in uh, in DeAndre Carter, who's a, a hell of an interior player, in my opinion. I know they think he can probably play tackle in their system, but to me, he probably projects best at guard. Saquon Patterson on Saturday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, DeAndre Carter the following Sunday. Of course, that will be a day after Auburn opens the season against UMass. Cole, did you get to sit in? I know it's a recruiting show, but th- there was a Peyton Thorne interview today. Yeah, I did. I mean, I put thoughts on him. I didn't sit in for the whole thing, but I have gone back and watched it and listened to it and typed it out. Um, the, Low man he, on the totem pole. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I think Justin got that one. Okay, but. Yeah, I've sort of studied him. I mean, he's interesting. I, I he's uh he's pretty level headed, man. He's just just the way he plays on the field is the way he talks and answers questions. I, I I didn't expect anything less than that. I mean, you know, he's he's I I have some confidence that he's going to be pretty good. I don't know how good he's going to be really, like what his ceiling is, but I'm I don't think he's an early NFL guy personally. Okay. Sure. Um, but I do think he can he can take this offense in pretty pretty good ways personally. What I hear you saying is uh, Edward from Selma, Mr. Kid Country, is going to be owing me a steak dinner at the end of the year. Mm, and it's <laughs> medium rare at that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I can't get quite. Now look, the the analogy that that Edward gave about the horses, I, I don't think he could have been more spot on. No, but I, I can't agree. I can't quite get on board with him that if Peyton Thorne is healthy, Robbie Ashford will eventually start. I, can't get on board with that. I don't disagree. Um, and I will tell you what I was told from somebody that attended the, the Letterman scrimmage. Um, the vibe they get are a right-handed Brandon Cox from a demeanor standpoint. Oh, man, I love Brandon Cox. That's You know what? That is actually – I've been trying to think of a good comparison for him. That might, not, that might be the best one I've heard. Not from a skill set or anything like, but a, from a demeanor standpoint, with how yeah. they, you know, what I mean, how they operate within, you know, what I mean, on a day to day, like you know, play the next play type mentality. That a right-handed Brandon Cox was the demeanor that I was told this is this is what this guy's like. One of my favorite offenses since I started doing this was 2005. Oh, right man. after was that Borges? Yes. Yeah, with yeah. Brandon Cox. Uh, was that Kenny Irons and Tri- it was uh, shit, yeah. dude? I'll take that offense. I mean, just I just loved it. I thought they were awesome. I, I loved Brandon Cox. Loved yeah. Ben Abamanu was in that offense. Yes. Devin Aroshimadu. You know, Courtney Taylor got beat up that year. Um, yeah. But Nick's played big for them that season. Oh, it yep. was good. It was good. And I love I, Kenny Irons. To me, is the most use this word again undervalued running back. Man, he was good. Who were some of those offenses? Was it like? Tim Duckworth. Uh, am I thinking so, everybody? I'm trying to think who they lost after the 04. It was like uh, Jonathan Palmer. Was he gone? Troy Reddick. 
Yeah. yeah. Up with Joe, uh, what about Joe, uh, my, my, my big dog, Joe? Uh, Joe Cope. Joe Cope. Ooh, Joe Cope, yeah. He's, he kind of started that centers wearing number 50. There's There was a lot of centers that wore number 50 at Auburn. And, and were walk-ons, if I'm not mistaken. Jeremy yeah. Lindsay was not far on after that. No, he, he wasn't. I, Tim Duckworth, I got that one right. King Dunlap was King, on that. Well, Trump. actually, King was the backup to – who was the – Marcus – not Marcus. McNeil. Yeah, Corey Reddick. Marcus McNeil. Is it uh, Marcus McNeil? No. Was he the uh, offensive tackle? Left tackle. Left tackle. Reddick. Hold on, I'm looking at some of these names here. Ben Grubbs was on that. Oh, yes. Grubbs. This was the 05 line? It's not the 04? Uh-uh, this is the 05. So Grubbs was a junior on that 04 year. So him and Duckworth were your guards. Oh, my God. Joe Cope was your center. Um, Reddick and McNeil? Is that right? Because everybody on that, everybody besides Joe was uh, NFL. Jonathan Palmer was. Jonathan was Palmer. Oh, JP. He Marcus McNeil is on the 2005 roster. Dude, yeah. you know, had some damn offensive lines back in the day. Jason Bosley. Yeah. Jason Bosley was uh, the next. Did he play center? He played guard, I think. Yeah, okay. you talk about a loaded high school offensive line. Marcus McNeil and I think Palmer were both on the same school at Cedar Grove, man. That's Can right. you imagine seeing those two coming at you, dude? Tyrone, <laughs> Green, Tyrone Green's listed as a nose guard on this roster. But he, yeah, he, he just, moved him over, played what? Four or five years in the NFL. Yeah. How many guys did he not do that with? A lot. Hell, Tim Duckworth. Yeah, and then Swarry got screwed on that kid from Ohio. I'm trying to think of his name. Lee Lee Tilly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I finally got a four or five star from Ohio, and look what he got. Like I'll take my three stars from Alabama and Georgia over no, your four stars from Ohio from Ohio. No doubt, him and Leon Hart." You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Leon was the five-star from South Carolina. Yep. And never did a thing. Hey, um, real quick before we get to questions here, and this is for the call-in show, but my wife just called me. I had to tell her I'm doing the podcast. She said, I have a question for y'all's show next time. Do you turn your air up when you leave the house during the day, or do you leave it on one setting all the time? Or what do you need? What is your perfect, you know, uh, thermostat? What do you set your thermostat to in your house? What is the perfect number? That would be a good question, I think. Okay. Anyway. Well, I, I have one, too. I, I think I might be alone in this. I'll, I'll save it for Sunday, man. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll throw some out. We'll pick one uh, We'll pick one Sunday night. All right, let's get to some questions from the corner. Auburn Live's message board. We uh, post a thread every Wednesday for anybody wanting a uh, anybody wanting a question answered. Let's get through this. Uh, let's see. Wardam23, who are four offensive line targets we should watch in regards to a flip? Uh, throw them out if you got some. Khalil House. Cohen Eccles. Cohen Eccles from excellent. Cohen Eccles A&M. Khalil House is, commit, is from Georgia, committed to Stanford. Um, Jameson Riggs. Yeah. I, from I, Georgia, committed to Georgia Tech. I've got oh. less faith in that one and then more in the team committed to Nebraska. I, I think they're going to make oh, a serious Preston Tawamau. Yep. Yeah, who is from Hawaii, committed to Nebraska. Uh, that's four right there, and yeah, that's that's about as good as we can do right oh, now. Oh, the, the kid committed to Ole Miss, Jude. Oh yeah, Jude yeah. Foster and and uh, yeah. <laughs> what's his uh, uh, the other guy's name? Yeah, he's Lockhart. on the hot board. T.J. Lockhart. There you go, from Mississippi State. There you go. Uh, the one, or actually, Tuh one. 
what safeties are we looking for outside of Patterson? J. Head, we talked a little bit about this. You mentioned uh, one or two. Go ahead with it. I did. So two names that I was kind of kicking around on, trying to find some information in the off chance we don't land, Zaquan. Laquan Robinson was a name that came up in a conversation that I had. The other one was Antonio White. I think those are definitely two guys to pay attention to. Um, and if I were going to name a third, it would be a guy that Cole loves that's committed to UCF, probably more of a nickel, but Christian Peterson. Oh. That's that's a guy that I think do not forget about either. Okay. Yeah, that, that is one that, yeah, he, he can play, man. He really can. Uh, let's see, Ronnie Van Zant. are we looking at any kids from Auburn High or Opelika High for 2024, 2025, or 2026? Auburn obviously has a kid from 2025, and Opelika is Malik Altry committed. I don't know of any 2024s from Opelika, and I certainly don't know of any 2026s, but Malik Altry from 2025 is committed to Auburn, uh, although he's going to take some visits still. Uh, anybody else? Am I forgetting anybody? No, not okay. that I'm aware of. Um, and, and nobody from Auburn High that I'm aware of, at least. Uh, yeah. Do you? G.B. Rockman or G. Brockman. I wonder if that's a – you think it's B.P.? B.P. Rockman. Oh, man. Maybe. Oh. Uh, any updates on Nye Carr, the four-star wide receiver from Georgia, committed to Georgia, who visited Auburn for Big Cat. Uh, nothing new. I think speak where everybody when we would say uh, we expect him to be back for an official visit. Yeah. yeah. Auburn continues to push for him, and he is certainly intrigued. Yes. Eagle Warrior 17, who are some of the top targets for this class, some of the top target recruits for this class, like Kevin Riley, for example? Who are some uh, we dark horses for? Some top targets. I'm trying to think. So I would say dark horse right now. So let's talk about kids that are committed elsewhere that, they wanted, that they're trying to flip. So obviously Cam Coleman and Nikar are two that come yep. right off the top of your head. Yep. Um, What's the other tight end? Oh, Amir yeah. Jackson. Amir Jackson. Yeah, Amir Jackson. Um, L.J. McCray is kind of a dark horse. Auburn's a dark horse for L.J. McCray. I would consider them a dark horse. Yeah, I mean, and, I, I, and by dark horse, I mean long shot. Yeah, it and Jeremiah Beeman to an extent. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I would say him as well. Uh, I would, I'm glad you mentioned Laquan Robinson because that could be one. I mean, he's not committed somewhere, but – you want to talk about a dark horse. If Auburn pushed for that guy, I really think Auburn probably gets him, right? I think they get him, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think you're going to have a hole at boundary safety coming into next year because I don't believe that Zion's going to stay beyond this season. Yeah. So you might be looking for a guy that's an instant impact type guy, and I think he could be that for you. I'll tell you this from today. Um, talk to Nehemiah Pritchett. He is impressed with Champ Anthony, yeah, who is a JUCO transfer. Forgot all about him. Yeah, yeah. Champ Anthony he said that's a guy that could be in the rotation. He was one of those guys that popped up, committed, and then that was it. Yeah. Yep. Tyler, Texas. Tyler Junior College is where he was at. So uh again, this kind of goes along with my thinking with, with the Falk brothers, with you know, that kind of thing. If 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 you went to an area at one time and, and you got good results from it, would you do it again? Yeah. Seems like it would make sense, right? So JUCO D B. Yeah, you're having success with the JUCO DB. Wesley McGriff said he is more advanced than I would have ever thought for a, a, guy, a newcomer. Mm. So I think the door is open for a JUCO DB. Okay. What about uh, Kyle Resner wants to know, what about prioritize? Do, is it too early to know positions to prior, to, prioritize in the portal? 
No, I, I think there's definitely they're going to prioritize a veteran corner. I don't think there's any question with you losing your two most proven guys, you're going to target a veteran corner. I think you're going to target a veteran O lineman because of all the talent that you're losing, and you still need to layer the depth there, right? Like you've got you got a huge freshman class, and then you've got a veteran group at the very top, and not a whole lot in between. So I think uh, another OL. And then um, probably if they can get it, pass rush from the portal. I, I think they're going to go that direction as well. You know, they, they like what they got in the kid from Appalachian State, but I think they think they need more sure. you know, and, and more that's ready to produce right now. Well, a lot of things can change, obviously. Oh, Tyler Justice wants to know, how many D-line are we looking at taking for the 2024 class? Where does the focus shift? Tyler, yeah, we hit you up, big dog. We saw that question and said we're going to lead it off, man. Because we all agree now, I think four uh, and, and some of those guys we talked about: L.J. McCray, Kamari, uh, L.J. McCray, Demetri Nicholas, Jeremiah Beeman. Uh, those are three guys we're, we're watching closely right now. The notorious AUB. What true DTs are we after? We need difference makers at DTs. Um, uh, that's uh, it's a, it's a hot soft, it's hot topic subject right now, especially after Mr. Kamari on Franklin. But the best we can do right now is those three guys: McCray. Um, Nicholas and Beeman. Emos, which 2025 wide receivers should we be keeping up with? Uh, Dalen Upshaw, this guy from Central Phoenix City. Can't think of anything more right now. Uh, of course, the Ryan Williams kid from. And the uh, kid himself. Oh, Derek Smith. Smith. Uh, Derek Smith, Wade and, yeah. Wade and Charles. Oh, Wade and Charles, yeah. There's two guys down there at Chaminade. Amari. Yeah. Kamari Williams. Yes, and I've heard some real positive buzz there. So definitely, definitely, yeah. Those two guys, and there's a 2026 kid down there too that might be better than both of them. But Kamari Williams and Wade and Charles Auburn loves those guys, and they like it at Auburn. They were both here, I think, the day after Big Cat. Um, so definitely keep an eye on those I've, three guys. I've heard some buzz about Dylan Alfred, who just Dylan Alfred from Mississippi to Sarah Land. In Alabama. So. Okay. Uh, Augustus McCre- Augustus. You know what movie that's from? Hell yeah, Lonesome Dove's one of my favorites, brother. I can I can I I've watched that so many times I can almost I transcribe it transcribe it for you. <laughs> Start bench cut Auburn Pass Rushers edition. Jeff Holland, Carl Lawson, D Ford. I'm not Ooh, benching I, any of those. I'm not cutting any of them. I I'll give you I'll I'll answer this one straight up. Start D Ford. Bench Jeff Holland. No. It bench Carl Lawson, cut Jeff Holland. We almost have the same one because I start D Ford, I bench Jeff Holland, I cut Carl Lawson. Are you serious? For a strictly pass rusher, that's that's how I read the question. Okay. I think Carl Lawson's the best end of the three, but pass rushers, those are my. I mean, D Ford and Jeff Holland. Yeah, to me, D. Ford went to the NFL and became an All Pro. You know what I mean? Like, I, how did can he you, really? Yeah, how can you not start that guy? For, wow. Yeah, and I love me some D. Ford. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that first step by D. Uh, Zach is with me, and he says because Lawson couldn't stay healthy. I guess if you're factoring that, that's for sure. He stayed healthy for Cincinnati, Zach. <laughs> right. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, somehow, Bouches this week. Uh, I've got four. Okay. I've got four. Anybody want to start off? Yeah, I'm going to give one to Mace Hindu. I think Mace has had a good week. 
Um, I'm going to give one to Cooked. Um, I'm going to give one to Boca Tiger. Nice. All right. All right, I got two. Um, I'm going to go uh, BBP. Welcome back, BBP. Yep, welcome back. Um, and then my boy Rice, because I had no idea he was such an Adam Sandler guy, and I'm a big Adam Sandler guy. So he know, he rattled off a bunch of movies that he said were his favorite. I put a post on the board, you know, what is your favorite, least favorite, and most underrated Adam Sandler movie, and he, he gave me pretty much every Adam Sandler movie. So I'm going with Rice this week. Who knew Cole and Rice, DP? Had the same. It, so much in common. Yeah, both watched The Water Boy and loved it. <laughs> All right, I've got some uh, how about you for a Bow Tiger 4. How about you to Brian AU21, Brian with a Y. How about you to Joe Reed? Oh, yeah, he's good. And how about you to Cruton Fanger? <laughs> Cruton Fanger. I like it. Um, all right, folks, we're going to cut it off there. We will be back Sunday night. I think, Cole, are you with Justin um, on Thursdays? Or is that uh, uh, Zach? Yeah, it, it, it'll, we'll play it by ear. It, Whatever. It could be me. Justin, Justin and somebody will have a football show tomorrow. Uh, next week will be the first uh, episode of Modcast. We'll start doing that on Fridays before the game. Uh, but we'll be back Sunday night. Us three and Zach in the back will come to the front. We'll do us a call-in show Sunday night at 630. Uh, don't forget, if you're looking for a house in or around Auburn, Opelika, Lee County, look no further. Then Miss Jessica Andrews with the Talents Group, 334-704-4442. Give her a call and tell her we sent you. Thanks again, folks. We, we really appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody watching. For Jay Head, for Cole, for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee. Y'all stay out of left lane. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 